Welcome to the Boss Level. It's your weekly Monday morning heel turn. My name is Enigma. I'm a 15-year industry veteran. I am a lifelong gamer, part-time Twitch streamer, and game console collector. Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. Thank you so much for, for giving me a chance and, and uh, listening to the podcast today. Uh, we're going to get into some news and some notes. There's been a lot that's happened this past week, including we're going to have a the the mummified corpse of G4 with one last gasp of uh, hopeful last gasp of, of craziness. But before we get into that, let's go over uh, who I am, uh, you know, my Twitch schedule and all that sort of thing. You know, like I said, I am a 15-year industry veteran. I, uh, I love games. I do stream twice a week. I am currently playing Final Fantasy VI on my Steam Deck on stream on, uh, stream on Twitch. I'm at Evil Enigma on there. I'm at Evil Enigma on Instagram as well as Twitter. So uh, if you want to give me a follow on those platforms, I'd appreciate it. You can talk to me. I promise I don't bite. I try to be very uh, welcoming and uh, you know honest with everybody. I try not to really you know get on anybody or make fun of anybody. I don't really do that. I try not to. Try to be welcoming of all opinions and realize that there are going to be opinions that are different than mine. But, uh, you know, give me a follow on those platforms. Love to see you on Twitch. Uh, you know, once we're done with Final Fantasy VI, maybe we'll go to Final Fantasy IV. Uh, we might do something more contemporary. I, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to figure out what people want to see. I've Since I've started playing Six, my streams have uh, gotten a lot more people coming in. But uh, I'm still not back where I was before I started working again. So, you know, we, we, we will see. Plus, there's... Uh, there's a little bit of a controversy about a game that's coming out that I really want to play. So, uh, let's go ahead and talk about some news and notes that have happened uh, this past week. This will be kind of a randomized thing. Uh, first of all, we have Ubisoft. And Ubisoft is, uh, you know, the company that does Assassin's Creed. They do the Tom Clancy games. I believe they own the rights to Tom Clancy's name and his back catalog of books and such. I think that's something they got. Uh, they ended up purchasing from his estate once he passed away, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, which is interesting. I didn't think for one second that that stuff would even be for sale. I thought his, his estate would keep uh, control of his, his books and movies and all that sort of thing, but I believe Ubisoft is the, the uh, owner of all that now. Uh, they, you know, so but the Assassin's Creed is probably their most popular game. They also do Just Dance and, and a, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, they're pretty famous for saying their games don't suck, but in reality, some of them do. <laughs> you know, I, I don't care for Just Dance or some of the other stuff that they do, but truth of the matter is I do love Assassin's Creed. I do love Far Cry. Uh, you know, I do love some of the games that they, they put out, and, and I've always said, even on my stream when I was playing through Far Cry 6, Guys, you get your money's worth if you buy an Ubisoft game. They, they, for you know the sixty bucks you pay or seventy bucks for a brand new game, uh, you get a lot of gameplay out of that stuff. They don't skimp on the gameplay. You're not going to get a fifteen-hour or ten-hour story mode and then put the thing away. You're going to play it for a while. And and I've always, you know, if you get into their games, they're pretty good. You know, they they really put their best foot forward in their games. Well, they're laying people off, and uh, apparently. They're going through some financial problems right now. Uh, they've had to cancel a bunch of games, I've heard, uh, and they've had to uh, delay but Skull and Bones. Is that what it's called? The pirate game? That was supposed to be out in March, and it has been delayed till the fiscal year of uh, 2023, 2024, I should say, which, uh, believe it or not, is uh, April on. Uh, the way Ubisoft... A lot of folks don't know this, but... Uh, the reason why March is always so littered with kind of random game releases is because 
a lot of game companies, uh, developers and publishers report their earnings to their shareholders at the end of March. The end of their fiscal year is, is the end of March. So uh, you'll see a lot of games in uh, coming out in March that uh, maybe they should have been delayed a little longer, maybe not. But uh, I call it an oh crap month where they go, oh crap, we're not going to make our bottom line. Uh, get this game out the door so we can at least have some positive news for our uh, shareholders. And the, the truth is, it's, it's the same thing, the exact opposite. I know I've mentioned this before, but Ubisoft was really famous at doing this, is that they would uh, release Assassin's Creed during Christmas, and then they would have a Tom Clancy game coming out in February or March. Well, Assassin's Creed would historically do so well that they, would they didn't have to release Tom Clancy to make their bottom line. They would take Tom Clancy and put it in April or May, because then they could use those sales go towards next year's goal. It's it's all business, and anyone who 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 says that otherwise really doesn't know what they're talking about. If a game is delayed, there's a you know there's a chance it needs more time in the crock pot. But you have to look at the business implications of it. Uh, I can tell you that I remember uh, Legend of Zelda: uh, Ocarina of Time was supposed to come out during the summer of what was it, 90s. 97, 98, I can't remember the exact year, but it was supposed to be out during the summer. And I remember they said, oh yeah, it'll be out you know, in May. And I said, no, it's not going to be out in May. It's going to be out in November because that's what makes business sense. They could have released it in May, probably. It was probably done. But they, they delayed it because it made more sense to release it in November when they could capitalize on the holidays and uh, get you know maximize the sales of it and, and get the... Uh, the, the people nuts for Zelda to get it out. So that's a lot of business. A lot of uh, game releases are all business decisions. It has very, you know, half of it's business, you know, probably a little less than half is, is development time, quite frankly. If I get off a game needs development time, does Skull and Bones, for instance, need development time? After however long it's been in development, hell, I don't know. I, I really don't. I, I At this point, I'm kind of wondering... Why is it? Why don't you guys have the game done yet? It should be done after all this time. You guys are like Square Enix on this, but does it need more time in the crockpot? Very possibly. Something tells me they found something in the game that, some sort of really bad bug or or, or something that really is hampering the gameplay experience. Otherwise, it would be out because Ubisoft needs the money. Uh, now, apparently, Ubisoft is having uh, some problems with. Uh, with their business model, so they are going to probably have to lay people off, and uh, or they are laying people off, I should say. And that's something else a lot of people don't really understand about business, is that uh, the biggest controllable expense any company has is payroll. Uh, coming from a business background myself, I do have a, a, a master's degree in business. I will tell you that if you go to business school and you go to go costing, they're going to tell you, first and foremost, payroll is your most manageable and most expensive expense you have. It's not your rent. It's not your raw materials. It's none of that. It is payroll. I do payroll for a small plant every day, every week, and I'm telling you, the amount of money we pay in payroll dwarfs what I spend monthly on uh, as a purchasing agent as well, purchasing manager as well, on uh, on raw materials for our plant. So... That's the first thing the companies look at slashing is payroll. What can we do to get the bottom line correct? Well, we can if we reduce our payroll by 25%, we're, that takes care of our, most of our problem right there. Bam, done. So they, they're having to lay off people. They're having to tighten their belt. 
you know, they probably got a little too big and too bloated. Plus, guys, you got to remember this as well, and, and this is another, here I am business-wise again. Again, this is my business hat I still have on. Uh, every company has a little bit of, there's, blo there's bloated rosters all over the country, as far, of the world, as far as uh, talent goes. There's always going to be one or two people that are kind of on the fringe that, in any business, that just really don't need to be there. Either they, they skate by, they're sleeping, they're, you know, they only put in, they show up half the time, you know, whatever. The thing is, is that they, every company could stand to cut a little bit of dead weight. Now, they don't if they don't need to. And the reason why is because they don't want to have, you know, any negative connotations. Ubisoft is cutting people and, uh, you know, probably a good portion of them they don't really need, but they're getting negative press over that. They don't want to be in the news for negative press at all. So that part I completely get. That's why they would keep them around. But in this case, now they're getting a little more lean. They're tightening the belt. And uh, they're a French company, though, so they have to abide by European labor laws. And I'm not, a, I, I'm in the United States. I did not take international labor laws <laughs> when I was getting my master's degree, so I cannot tell you exactly what the European laws are. But I do know that they are much more centered around workers' rights, while here in America it's more about companies' rights, usually. That being said, because they are cutting their workforce, they've also canceled some, some titles. Uh, apparently they were going hot and heavy into Battle Royale games, and I have to be honest... Uh, at this point, guys, it, any publisher or developer out there working on Battle Royale games, unless you are going to bring something completely new to the table, I mean completely revolutionary or new to the table, you need to try to come up with the next big IP, the next big uh, thing that's going to take over after Battle Royale. Bat the, the, the Battle Royale games that are out there right now, your Fortnites and, and things like that, uh, You no matter what you do, nothing short of you know the, the Fortnite source code being deleted forever and no one can find it uh you're not going to dethrone them instead of that you guys need to come up with something that's going to uh outperform battle royales that's the next thing and that's gaming is kind of a weird industry because everyone does a uh a, i've said it before i know i've said it before it's a very me too kind of business and i don't mean that in a hashtag kind of way i mean that in in the uh business world where if, if you've ever noticed like the, the very huge corporations out there, oh, let's just look at Walmart, for instance, okay? Walmart's a huge corporation. They have uh, one brand that they sell that is their brand in their grocery stores. It's called Great Value. Used to be called Sam's Choice, Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, but now it's called Great Value. And you'll notice when you go into Walmart and you see a can of beans, and you pick up another can of beans, you might have like DuPont or, or Bush beans in your hand, and then you have the great value. And the great value is always going to be cheaper. Now, truth is, is that they probably come from the exact same plant, but you don't know that, and they don't want you to know that. But the problem, the thing is, is that for every huge brand out there that the Walmart sells, they have a great value version of that same thing on the shelf in your grocery store. You know, you like the little Reese's peanut butter cups? They make their own peanut butter cups, Great Value peanut butter cups, and they're pretty good. You know, if you close your eyes, you really can't tell the difference. But that's the difference between. No, I actually want some of those. Uh, that's the, that's the thing is that you you automatically assume Reese's 
but here is great value and you 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 want to buy Reese's but great value is right there and it's 50 cents cheaper and you're like well, which one should I get they want to bring that's what they want that's what Walmart does they want you to buy the great value version because they make more money off of it it's their brand they don't have to pay Reese's or Bush's Beans or anybody else to bring their products into Walmart they basically make the, the, that themselves and that's how gaming is gaming wants to have you know EA and Ubisoft and 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 uh, Activision and and all these big publishers, they all want their version of a specific kind of game on the shelf to get get people interested. So if you look at the battle royale games, each publisher probably has their version of a battle royale game out there, and they want their stuff. You know the online shooters, the Call of Duty. Look at Call of Duty and Battlefield. They, they you know you can't have one without the other. They they are direct competitors with each other. Uh, EA makes. Battlefield, Activision makes Call of Duty, and they usually come out around the same time. It is exactly what it is. It is direct competition, and that's how gaming works. It's not as bad as it used to be. Uh, it used to be really, really bad, where uh, I can remember that LucasArts would take Star Wars as an IP and shop it around because they wanted Star Wars. They wanted a, a Star Wars game for every genre they could put a, put put uh, slap the label on. So if you go back on like the PlayStation and the PlayStation Two and things like that, look at the Star Wars games on there and just realize and and look and even the Xbox and realize and look at it and go, hey, wait a minute, there's a Star Wars Twisted Metal game. There's a Star Wars fighting game. There's a Star Wars role playing game. There's a you know Star Wars shooting game. There's a Star Wars team battle. That, that, that's how they used to do it, and uh, they still do it to a point. With, with a lot of companies, do they all want their versions of specific games? They want to have their brand right there, front and center, when it comes to having a uh, a, a specific genre of game out there. And that's how gaming is always. And fighting games were like that for a long time, but. Uh, Everybody had their own version of a fighting game. Everyone had to have their own version of a, a shooting game. Everyone had their own version of a of an open world sandbox game. That's just the nature of the beast. And and in reality, what needs to happen is, is with some of these these games, you know, for instance, uh, let, you know, we were talking about Call of Duty. How much farther can they take Call of Duty? They've done so much with it. It seems to be that the there has to be diminishing returns on it. How many people actually bought the new Modern Warfare this year at the full price point? I, I, or last year, I should say, I, I don't know that number because they don't report numbers anymore, but I guarantee you it wasn't as much as as the, probably the years previous. And it, and I believe if you look at the sales charts, you'd probably see that Call of Duty is selling worse and worse every year because people are moving on to other experiences or they're skipping a couple of years. They'll, they'll just say, you know what? Last year's Call of Duty was was fine for me. I don't need to play Call of Duty this year. I'll wait till what they're going to do next year. So so in the case of Ubisoft here, they basically have gotten to the point where they're having to cancel a bunch of games. They're not going to have as many games available. They're probably gonna, they're they're still going to keep Assassin's Creed. They're going to keep Tom Clancy. Uh, you know, I I don't know how well Far Cry Six did. I'm going to guess it didn't do as well, even though I don't think it was that bad of a game. I don't think it was as good as Five. Uh, it was definitely not as good as Five, but uh, the, you know they did all right with it. It was fine, and I the downloadable content they had for it wasn't bad either. Uh, what they what what's happening right now, and this is something that I've I've railed against for a long time, and that's uh, that's why God of War uh, does so well for me, and why I will always you know shout from the rooftops about first player one player story driven narrative games. Uh, everyone's trying to take their games and make them a service. 
They're trying to make it to where, yeah, you, you beat Far Cry 6, but oh gosh, look at now now the, the, the forces are left over here and they're, they're going to uh, attack regions and you have to free those regions. And if you do it, we'll give you special items and things like that. Well, I don't think the hook to get people to continue to play Far Cry 6 has actually been that great. And I think that's really affected Ubisoft in the way that, you know, part, as far as Far Cry goes, but overall, trying to take your game and make it into this, this service, I don't, I'm not entirely certain that uh, gamers are really uh, subscribing to that because once they're done with Far Cry, there's something else that's coming out they want to play, you know, and, and once they're done with that, there's something else that's going to come out they want to play. And that's why I think that more companies need to focus on the the one player story driven narrative games because you're not going to dethrone Far Cry or not Far Cry Call of Duty and and uh, Fortnite that's what I'm trying to say you know games like that those games are going to continue to do exceedingly well and people are still going to play them uh, if you have something that's completely revolutionary and cool and bring it to the table and, and people are into it that's fine but don't make it a focal point of uh, of your game unless it's something that you are pretty certain is going to take is is going to be a big deal you know and that's something a lot of companies find out the hard way is they make their multiplayer stuff their games as a service and then they find out two months after the game is, has been launched no one's playing it anymore why not because you didn't do anything to 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 draw people to want to play the game after you released it they beat the game they put it back on the shelf and that that's it. They want to keep that disc in your in your PlayStation or your Xbox or load it on your hard drive for as long as humanly possible. They do not want to see you delete that. That's their deal. They want to make sure you stay there and uh keep it on there so you 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 yeah, it's still there. You'll play it. I like on my birthday I streamed uh what Wonderlands, right? And the year the day prior to that I streamed uh Borderlands 3. I've not deleted those off my PlayStation 5 hard drive. Now uh, I've hadn't played those games in a while, but I still had them on there, and I wanted to play, go back and play something fun like that, and I did. That's what they want. They want you to keep it on the hard drive, keep keep the disc in your PlayStation or your Xbox, make sure that it's still there, so you can always go back and play it anytime you want. The longer it stays on your hard drive, the happier that they are, and that's how probably they, you know, PlayStation knows what's on my hard drive, my my PS5 hard drive. They probably report it to to the their marketing partners, quite frankly. So I definitely hope that anyone who does get laid off uh, is not laid off for long. We are having some issues all over the tech industry, which I'm about to get into, where uh, people are, are getting laid off. I think uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter was a big, big part of this. Uh, Elon Musk buys Twitter, and he cut like 70% of the workforce within a couple of weeks. And Twitter's still running just fine, guys. Uh, he found out I we don't need all these people and uh you know they he, he's running it like a business that's the thing that was the difference between tw twitter before and twitter after twitter is now being run like a business he's trying to make money off of twitter and and, and use it to you know use the money to pay his people and, and make it a, you know a better platform but what twitter was doing was unsustainable they were spending all this money on payroll for people that weren't contributing to the success of the company so elon goes in and he Start, you know, he, he starts making cuts and makes cuts and makes cuts, and you know, Twitter still works. You know, Twitter, nothing wrong with it as far as uh, performance goes. And the, the, you know, the same thing is like that with all of the tech industry. A lot of tech companies are are doing this right now, where they're having to cut people. I saw that uh, Meta's cutting people, right? Because they're they're not doing that great, so they're having to cut people away. And and that's uh, that's a sad fact of of, of the 
of uh, the industry right now is that it's contracting. It's contracting because they got too big, too fast, and uh, the people that they had brought in and hired were not, uh, you know, they were dead weight. It's like we were talking about earlier. They, you know, you, you, if you go on TikTok right now, which I don't have a TikTok and I don't like TikTok, but uh, if you go on there, you get those kids that are, you know, here's my job, a day at the life of working for this tech company. And then they go in and you never see them work. You see them drinking lattes and glasses of wine and going into a, a, a recreation room and taking a nap and, and playing ping pong and having one meeting. They'll go in and say, we have one meeting. They don't work. So these companies are finding out they can't do that. You know, it's, it's, it's nice to have free food and free lunch and all that, but it's the and, and ping pong tables and nap rooms and all that good stuff. But the truth of the matter is it's unsustainable that way. If you give people, people are, want to do a good job. Most people want to do a good job. Like a high majority want the company they work for to succeed. The company I work for, I've been working for, for, for uh, almost seven months now. Uh, it's my job to be the head of human resources and the head of purchasing. I want to do the best job I can because I want the company to succeed. I really do. That's my job is to help the company succeed as far as human resources and purchasing goes. The things I have no control over, I have no control over. I have no control over service, uh, customer service or sales. I have no uh, control over manufacturing. I have no control over maintenance. I have no control over any of that. But I still want those things to do well. I want the, us to all do well because I want the company to succeed. And I believe that's what most people want is the companies that they work for to succeed because they take pride in their work. But if you give someone the opportunity to not do anything and get paid, they're not going to do anything, and they're going to get paid. That's how it works. We want people. We are the type. Everyone wants the the maximum amount of value for the least amount of work, or, or effort, I should say. That is human nature, absolute human nature. If uh, you don't have to do anything to make money, why would you do something? Why Why would you do anything? You know, if I win the lottery tomorrow, and I have a billion dollars in the bank. Why would I need to work anymore? I don't. So I won't. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's the thing. But it's, uh, we all still want to do a good job, but these, these tech companies are finding out they can't. They're not sustainable that way. They're just not. And you, you can have wine bars and, and free lunches and, and nap rooms and all you want to. But the truth of the matter is, is that these, you, you hire 10,000 people you give them all access to all this wonderful stuff like the, you know, the, the land of Oz, they're going to take advantage of all that stuff. That's all why it's there for them. So these tech companies are finding out the hard way. And, and another thing, since we're, we're getting into layoffs and to the tech industry, let's talk about games journalism. And I will go ahead and do my usual disclaimer here. Yes, I did write in a journalistic manner for a small gaming blog that is now defunct called Plus 10 Damage. Hi, Bosco. Uh, many years ago. I also went to school, when I went to school initially, back in the uh, mid-90s, for journalism. So I actually have a little bit of journalism experience. I, I did take some journalism classes. Uh, and I did write for a website for a while. I'm actually a halfway decent writer. I don't think I'm a great writer, but I'm a decent writer. That all being said, I am also friends, well, friendly. I'm not, I don't know if she considers me her friend, but I think we're friendly, with a former GameSpot writer. So there, there's my disclaimer. 
And she's a wonderful person. I have nothing bad to say about her whatsoever. That all being said, I don't trust gaming journalists. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. Uh, I used to. I really, I, I did, I used to. But the truth is, is that it's, it's uh, the industry has gotten very odd and very strange. And because they are so polarizing now, and we're going to get into this, they're having to lay people off. You know, Polygon and GameSpot and, and uh, I think there was another one that's having to lay people off. And it comes down to the very simple reason that they're not providing the content people want. You know, back uh, 10, 12 years ago, when I was uh, working for uh, in gaming retail, I was working for GameStop, I used to love going to gaming websites. I'd go to IGN, I'd go to GameSpot, I'd go to Kotaku, because I wanted to see the news. I wanted to see what was, oh my gosh, this is big. This is, you know, when, when, when Final Fantasy XIII was announced for Xbox, I remember I was on a conference call with the other store managers, and they had just announced at E3 that Final Fantasy XIII was coming to Xbox. And I said, guys, 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 they just announced Final Fantasy XIII is coming to Xbox. And the, the call exploded because there's a lot of Xbox fans that wanted, and they really wanted to play it. So, uh, yes, I, I, uh, used to, I used to love going to gaming websites and reading the news. The news. Do you hear that, Kotaku? Do you hear that? Uh, GameSpot and Polygon and IGN, the news. I go if I give you a click, it's because you're reporting on some news I want to read. That's the reason I would go to your sites. That all being said, that's not what those sites are anymore. They're opinion pieces, especially Polygon and Kotaku. They are opinion pieces. They, they, they're. It's an editorial page where people write. Their other, their uh, writers write articles about their opinions about things. And the truth of the matter is, is that their opinions are not in line with the mainstream gaming public. So they're not. People aren't clicking on their their sites. If you go back and and read their review of the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation Five, it has nothing to do with the consoles. It really doesn't. The PlayStation 5 one is griping more about the political election in 2020 than anything. It's a it's a, it is insane that you that they Sony would give you a $500 PlayStation 5 and ha for review purposes you have the hardest piece of equipment to find on the planet at that time and you spend half the article talking about politics. What is wrong with you? But, you know, that's, uh, that's how it, modern gaming journalism is these days. And, and I've said it on my Twitter, and I'll say it again here. Gaming is the last pure form of escapism that we have, as far as entertainment goes. Yeah, you can go watch a Marvel film, and yeah, you can watch you know, TV shows that, that you know, Stranger Things is, is a uh, you know, fantasy kind of thing, and, and, and escapism. That, that does exist also in television and movies and music and books as well. But real life stuff and modern things have infiltrated those medium, those media uh, platforms regularly. So you, if you turn on Netflix right now and you start watching a random show, they have a certain quota of 2023 hot button issues that have to be represented in, in every one of their shows right now. And it shows. You can, you can see it automatically. Gaming is, is not like that. If you put go right now and you buy the new Pokemon game, there's no modern 
politics or anything in that game. You're just trying to catch Pokemon. You know, you go by, uh, you know, Hogwarts Legacy is coming out. That's about going to Hogwarts. It's escapism. It's the purest form of escapism that there is right now. And I don't believe that putting modern sensibilities and, and hot-button issues that are, are in the news right now into your video games and your video game coverage is going to get you many clicks because gamers don't care. There's, there's a billion other places we can go for modern takes on things or opinion pieces on things. We don't need to go to Kotaku and Polygon for those kind of things. We just, we don't. We can go anywhere. If I want to read the news, I'll go to a news site. You know, I'll, yeah, although honestly, that's all spun too. But the truth of the matter is, is that you, you, there are so many other places you can go. Why would you need to give Kotaku a click so they can tell you about modern sensibilities and why you shouldn't buy Hogwarts Legacy? You, they just, they don't need that. It's so they're running their 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 fan bases off, and their fan bases, their their customers, their who they're supposed to be serving, which is another thing I'm going to get into, have found other people to go see. You know, you can go on YouTube right now and type in video game reviews, and there's going to be thousands of people who are gamers just like them, are going to be right there with their arms open, saying, "Come watch my content, come interact with me. I will give you." The straight opinion, there will be, you know, I, I, and it's going to be me. You're going to hear, get my honest opinion. And that's not what Kotaku offers right now. That's not what Polygon offers right now. What they offer right now is opinion pieces about why modern politics belong in video games right now, and they don't. And that's going to be to their detriment. And it is their detriment right now because there's a lot of people getting laid off from their industries. The gaming journalism and, and, and pop culture journalism is in the crapper right now because they're not uh, offering what people want, what their, their fan bases want. The, the, the journalists, journalists are supposed to serve the people. That's their thing, is that they're supposed to be a check against what, what they're reporting on and the, the audience that that thing is. For instance, uh, a guy who reviews uh, restaurants or a gal who, who uh, reviews restaurants. That person is supposed to be your voice. They're supposed to go in and give you their opinion so you know whether or not that's a restaurant you want to, to eat at. They, oh, gosh, I don't like their hamburgers, so we can't eat there. You know, that, that kind of thing. That's what they're supposed to do. Unfortunately, journalism as a whole right now, not just gaming journalists, but journalism everywhere, journalism has gone to where they are now trying to protect their access they're trying to protect the companies that they, or or the people that they are reporting on. That goes all the way from po politics all the way down to gaming, everywhere. Kotaku and IGN and, and GameSpot are not trying to give you their honest opinion about a game. No, they're trying to give you their the, the company's opinion of a game so you'll buy it. Because if they give it a good review, then and it gets good sales. Then they'll get more more access. They'll get more ad revenue buys on their sites, and it, it works that way. And it, that is the exact opposite of what journalism is. Journalism is supposed to be the voice of the people, and in reality now, it's the voice of the company, the the power, the ones that are in power over over you, the ones that are the providers. And uh, that's 
not the way it's supposed to work. That's why they're they're ble- That's another reason that they're bleeding. They're not giving. Uh, they're not serving the people that are they're trying to get in. Instead, they're telling the people, "If you don't like it, uh, you're a bad person." And I'm sorry, that's uh, just not the way journalism is supposed to work. But uh, that's going to lead us into our last topic today. I was going to talk about uh, the Hogwarts legacy thing, but I, I there's really no way to really discuss that right now. I uh, I, I want to do a review of the game and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, when it comes out. But right now, uh, all I'll say about it is is that the, the, the more the people who are trying to cancel the game work their uh, magic, I'm using my air quotes fingers here, the worse it gets for them. Uh, just be quiet. If you really want the game to not do well, just don't say anything. Because the game is, people are now buying two and three copies of the game just to stick it to you. And quite frankly, uh, I, th- I find that kind of odd because it all it does is put money in the, the, the hands of a billion dollar corporation. But hey, whatever. Our last topic today is going to be the, what, the, the rotting corpse, hopefully, uh, well, actually hopefully not, I would love to see this continue on, of uh, G4 TV. Uh, remember G4 TV? I've done several episodes about G4 TV. It's uh, the, you know, the gaming network that was around back in the, the 2000s. Uh, after the, you know, 2013 or whatever, it, uh, kind of went the way of the dodo and, uh, they've, they've not had, uh, they, they brought it back. They brought it back and just to see, Hey, yeah, game. Yeah, it's good. We're good. We're playing games. They've never stopped. And they were, they brought back some of the old hosts and some of the old shows and oh my gosh, it's going to be so good. And it lasted less than a year and it died. And of course we have tons of information as to why it died. There is just a, a plethora of information out there of, of of just how not to run a company. I mean, they they were snake bit from the very start, and uh, that's putting it mildly. That is really putting it mildly. What the way that they they handled their business uh, is is horrendous. Is absolutely horrendous, and I I am shocked that they lasted a year when I read all the stuff that they had done to try to get, you know, the, the, the emperor's throne room and their, their interviewing practices and all this stuff. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's fascinating to see exactly how not to run a business. And, uh, they, they didn't last a year, but the face of that is going to be a young lady named Frost Curran. That's her online handle. And wrongfully, she will be the face of the G Force failure. In fact, every time that something comes out now about what a, a dumpster fire G Four was, a picture of her is there. She is the face of the failure of the network, and I think that's somewhat unfair to her because that, it, it, when you when you realize what had happened behind the scenes, what was going on behind the scenes, uh, she might have greased up the 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 hill as as uh, G Four was on its way down. The, the, the dumpster fire into the, the path of sewage, uh, she might have greased that, that up so it could go down faster, but she didn't start it on the on there. It was it was already on its way down. She has apparently announced that she is leaving the games industry, and she's very salty about it. She's very upset because she believes that no one was sticking up for her and no one had her back. And I do believe that has to do with... Uh, Adam Sessler, that Adam, she had said that everyone knew she was going to do her sexism and gaming rant, which is the rant that uh, basically 
got to a thousand unfollow clicks, you know, millions of unfollow clicks immediately as soon as she did it because she was lecturing the audience. Even though what she was saying, there was truth in it. I'll be honest with you, there is truth in it. Uh, I, I by no means do not believe for one second that sexism in gaming does not exist because it does. If you go on right now and look at your uh, favorite uh, Twitch streamers, uh, the guys who do it, I'm a you know, 47-year-old fat guy who streams on his couch. And then I have lots of female friends that are expected to dress a certain way and they have to make themselves up and all that sort of thing. Sexism in gaming does exist. I'm not saying it does not. I'm just saying that most gamers are not. And if you're going to lecture everybody about the uh, impact of a few then you're going to have problems. So she did her sexism and gaming rant. Supposedly, according to Adam Sessler, he did an interview on a podcast where they asked him about it and he said he didn't know she was going to do it. And uh, according to her, she said everyone knew she was going to do it. So Sessler basically called her a liar. At the same time, Miss Frost-Kuren got herself fired for kind of spiking the football on the... Uh, business corpses of people who were laid off at G4. She, there was a lot of uh, layoffs, and she was not laid off, and she put up a big meme of a lizard saying, I survived, and uh, let's play some games, is what she said. And then she was fired right after that because she basically was spiking the football on the, the heads of the, all the people that, she, uh, that had, had been laid off. So she already had a, a negative opinion... But people had a negative opinion of her after that. So first she does her rant and uh, gets the full support. The full support of G4 TV. Everyone on there. Sessler goes on his Twitter and says, I work with my heroes. And uh, G4 puts it up on their, twi uh, their Twitter page and says, if you don't uh, support this, we don't, we don't want you. And, 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 and they, they were completely on board with her, her rant. Completely on board until everyone left and then they were begging people to come back and that's why it was what, a couple weeks after her her rant on another show a couple of guys had amaranth on there you know a twitch streamer a pretty infamous uh twitch streamer known for her uh her content her revealing outfits and that sort of thing and well let's face it amaranth is not ugly and she was not there because of uh, sexism in gaming she was there to uh to get eyeballs and, and so uh, you basically you're you're robbing Peter to pay Paul at that point, you know, and and hurt. It was like, yeah, oh, okay. So if sexism and gaming is such a bad thing, and and you know, why why would you put Amaranth up there? And <laughs> it's it's just insane to to to, to think about. So, uh, she got fired for spiking the football on the the uh, freshly fired corpses of her coworkers some of which probably helped her write her rant and that good stuff. And now she's saying that no one helped her. She's saying that no one used their voice to help support her along the way. And uh, it's not a good look for her. It, it really is not. She's basically saying, I think I had read a tweet that said something like, she threw everybody under the bus and is now upset because they impeded the progress of the bus. You know, she, she, 
she she basically is this is something that a lot of young people do and i i, I don't understand this whatsoever uh, i mean i kind of do because uh, i always said i would i would pee on the ashes at gamestop when they finally closed down uh that she's leaving guns blazing is what it is if, if i can't like this neither can you is basically what it is i will burn this mother to the ground as i leave she's all about the revenge it's all revenge right now yes i am going to tear down everything that you love she is going out guns a blazing and uh it's not a good look for her and quite frankly i don't think she's she's leaving the games industry not because she she wants to but because she is probably looked at as being completely thermonuclear heck no by so many fronts because if you can't get a job with with uh one of these gaming journalism outfits uh that would love to have her point of view on things so you kotaku i'm surprised hasn't thrown money at her but since they don't have money they're letting people go she has nowhere to go and no one's going to hire her she and and to be caught flat on honest with you there's a lot of companies that don't want the headaches she's going to bring because the second she's hired by a gaming company, if she was hired, if, if PlayStation hired her tomorrow to host uh, PlayStation events, the negative backlash they would get would be insane because of what she did and, and her mouth. And the truth is, is that she's upset because she went on uh, G4 and mouthed off about PlayStation. And she said some. Uh, she said a lot of things in her little rant that were factually inaccurate, like one hundred percent factually inaccurate. So she got called out, and then she goes on a sexism and gaming rant because if you dare refute what she says, the problem is you. It is not her, and she's taking no responsibility for what she did. She has takes no responsibility for anything. And the problem is, is that all of all of us are the, are the the big problem, and she's leaving the games industry. And all and, and I think this is one of those things where she says she's leaving. She's probably going to get a a job wherever. Okay, I, I I'm not saying McDonald's. She probably got a good job somewhere. She's fairly educated, as far as I know, but she's going to work somewhere. She's going to have a nine to five. But the second, the absolute second, if tomorrow IGN blows up. And they they uh, they get start making money again, a lot of money. One of their first calls will be to bring her in, and she will come in. Just can't wait, can't wait to come in. Yes, 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 she will go. And uh, they'll get backlash for it, but they're not going to care because that's how it works. But uh, to be honest, uh, the games industry is going to be better off without her. She's. I have never seen someone. Now, wait, that's not true. I do I do know someone that every time that something that, that they mess up, every time they do something wrong, it is always somebody else's fault. I know someone like this in my in real life. That nothing that they do is their fault. Nothing. It's always somebody else's problem. Always somebody else's fault. Well, I know I I said some stuff that I sh probably shouldn't have. But it's because of this, you know. It's really your fault when, that, that I did this, and and they always find ways to twist things around to make it all about that that every that they're virtuous and good and kind and and wonderful. And every time that something happens that that doesn't go the way they want it to, it's something that you did. 
And that's exactly how uh, she views things. She's, she's never apologized. She's never said, you know what, maybe I should have said something a little more tactful. You know, uh, I still believe there's sexism out there. Because there is. I agree with her on that. There is. Absolutely is. But uh, maybe I should have gone about it a different way. And You know, for anyone that I offended, I apologize. That's what you should have done. And game, we're pretty accepting. You know, we're pretty, we don't hate people. At least for the most part. What we hate is being lectured to. Especially when it's not true. But uh, she's never taken any responsibility for anything. And and the entry is going to be better off for her not being part of it anymore. You know, it's it's sad that she's having to uh, do what she's doing on the way out. But that's how people like that are, I'm afraid. And, you know, it, it, I, again, she when it comes down to things that I agree with that she said... The way she said it and the way that she did it on that platform were the wrong way to do it. And uh, it it just completely killed any goodwill that G4 might have had. So, But whatever she's moving into, the, the 9 to 5 she's going to have, I hope that she's happy. And I, I really do. I hope everyone, in the long run, I want everybody to be happy. I really, truly, honestly, 100% mean that. I don't want anyone to feel like... Uh, that their backs up against the wall and that, that they have no hope or anything like that. I really, I, I, I really do. I don't, I don't take, I, I think it's the, 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 that we all kind of make fun of and, and that sort of thing. I like to, we all like to have fun and, and fun people, but I never want anyone to be miserable. I don't want anyone to be happy. You know, I've, I've talked to people before and said that uh, the way that I uh, w- was treated as a kid was definitely uh, not the way I want anyone to be treated, quite frankly. But that all being said, uh, I don't want to make anyone feel like that they don't belong anywhere, and and I I really don't. I want everyone to be happy. I want everyone to uh, get along. I want everyone to 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 do their best. You know, I I, I really mean that. And and the fact of the matter is is that uh, with with uh, Miss Veroska's is that I think that I I you know I don't know if she's ever going to have hope. As far as becoming someone I will really want to uh, trust or converse with or, or take seriously in the, in the gaming space. I, I, I don't know if she'll ever be that. She probably will not. But I don't want her to be miserable. I, I, I really don't. I want her to be happy. And whatever that she does in her future endeavors, I hope she does well. I want everyone to do well. I want everyone to, to prosper and, and, and be happy. And, and I hope that she has an epiphany someday to see what she did and to see... You know, maybe I did this wrong. Maybe I should have uh, put a little more thought into what I said and, and, and the way I say things instead of just automatically coming out guns blazing that the reason why I got criticized was because I'm a woman. No, that wasn't it at all. You were criticized because you said factually inaccurate things. And if someone said, if people said things to you that were sexist, that is wrong. And I would stand right beside you and say that as such. And that's something that I will not stand for. And nor should anybody else. That all being said, not every time someone criticizes you is, has anything to do with of your gender or your race or sexual preference or anything else. It could just be because you had a bad take. You got a bad take, take the L and move on. That's what you should do. That's what everybody else does. That's what they, at least that everybody else should do. And uh, she's she's not doing it. So, But whatever whatever she's moving into, I hope that she's happy. That's That's all that really matters in the long run. Uh, personally, I, I won't miss her being part of the gaming space. I do think she'll be back at some point, but, uh, for now, I, I don't, I don't miss her. 
And the truth of the matter is, is that uh, you know, she's taken Adam Sessler with her. Sessler has uh, gone on a rant about how he's he hates gaming and hates gamers, and he doesn't need to go in gaming anymore. And he's out of the industry, and and I think gaming will be better off without either of them being part of the journalistic space anymore. Um, by no means a gatekeeper. I believe anyone who wants to be a gamer is a gamer. I don't care what you play on. I don't care what your political beliefs are, sexual orientation, anything like that. Uh, if they play games, they're gamers as far as I'm concerned. If they want to be part of the community, they most certainly can. Uh, that being said, I uh, do not subscribe to or believe in hatred whatsoever. I, I cannot stand the word hatred. I don't like it. its connotation whatsoever. And I do honestly believe that uh, they, they preach a lot of hate. Sessler's been on his rant about how much he hates gamers, and he doesn't want to be part of the industry anymore. Fine. Go. You don't want to be a gamer anymore, then don't be a gamer. Don't be part of the culture. Don't be part of the community. Bye. You know, I, I followed Adam Sessler for a long time on Twitter, and it got to the point with him where every time I would look at his tweets, it was just so vitriolic and, and horrible that I just said, I can't do this anymore. I follow him for gaming news and coverage, and uh, he wasn't talking about games. He was talking about everything but games and how much he hated people. And he still does it to this day. He's not a nice guy. He's not, and neither is she. So gaming is much better off uh, without them being the faces of anything, quite frankly. And like I said, I'm not a gatekeeper. They want to be gamers, they can. But uh, I'm by no means going to miss them uh, now that they're gone. So, hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, I covered a couple of topics here today. Uh, now, my streaming schedule, as, as I am uh, recording this, I'm, go I'm about to go to my company's a holiday party, which I know is a, a month late, but that's beside the point. Uh, and so I, I, I probably will not stream tonight. I really want to, but I don't think I'm going to be able to. And but since this comes out on Monday, it doesn't matter. As of this upcoming weekend, though, after you, as you uh, are uh, listening to this, I will be on Friday night and Saturday night, and I'm still playing Final Fantasy VI. Uh, Final Fantasy VI. I think we're... If I'm not mistaken, we're halfway through the game, and uh, we, we got to the halfway point. We're in the world of ruin now, and uh, we'll, we'll see. We're, we're trying to get everybody together, because I think uh, we have Celeste, and we're going to have to uh, get her into finding all the party members, and that's what we're doing right now. So take care of that. We'll get more on that. I'm enjoying Final Fantasy VI. It is my favorite game of all time. And uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, continue playing it on Friday night, Saturday night. It's 9, 9.30 Central Standard Time to about midnight, sometimes a little later if I'm having a good time. And uh, on Friday nights, I usually have a little bit of bourbon. I had a little bit of bourbon last night. And I'm sure I'll have more, a little more uh, bourbon next weekend as well. So go ahead and give me a follow on Twitch and let people know that I'm here. You know, let people know about the podcast. I would appreciate folks, uh, you know, more more people listening. So I'll talk to everybody here coming up. Hope you have a great week. I will be active on Twitter, always active on Twitter. So I'll talk to everybody soon. Thank you.